danger. The emergency destruct system is now activated. The ship will detonate in T-minus, 7 to 5 minutes. The option to override automatic detonation expires in T-minus, 70 minutes. Reflux capacitor, fluxing, crew, distinctions, scanning for, alien, 1979. Prepare to rewind in three, two, one. Welcome, rewinders. Yeah, yeah, welcome. Who initiated the self-destruct sequence? That's what I want. I want to know that too, Paul. Maybe we'll Uh, figure it out by the end. But, Sorry, this is my first time on the time ship. No. I, I didn't know what this button did. That's it's uh, only eight uh, buttons, <laughs> eight buttons oh, and screws no. and all this. You just happen to just happen to Okay. Oh my gosh. Let's well we'll 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 come we'll figure it out by the time we get to the five minute mark at the end. By but, the time we reach the frontier. It's <laughs> not last Starfighter, but this is the Retro Rewind Podcast, and we welcome you, rewinders and new listeners, uh, to it. And here we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I am your captain of the pod, which maybe may not for much longer, but uh, Francisco Ruiz is my name, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the master interrupter powers. Hey, Francisco, and BB up, Scotty. Wow, this is so not the right movie. Also, for this discussion of the film Alien, we welcome aboard for the first time He's an associate pastor, gamer, historical fencing enthusiast, and co-host of the Geek at Arms podcast. Welcome, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hi. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Hey, what's his real long name? Bander's Knee on Twitter? Uh, the longer name. Oh, Antonio Felipe Juan, and San- Juan Sanchez III. Very close. It was Felipe Antonio Juan Sanchez III. So we'll call you Mike. Yeah, we'll yeah, just go with that. Much better. Uh, now that you have a quick-ish flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for Alien? Sure. Alien was released June 22nd of 1979 in theaters. It runs an hour and 57 minutes. It's rated R. What? Was, I know. It was directed by Ridley Scott, who probably didn't go on to direct much else. No, no, no. And uh, with the lead stars being Sigourney Weaver, Tom Skerritt, and John Hurt. The music was composed by Jerry Goldsmith. Didn't he also do a Star Trek? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of space. Themes and The there. Secret of Nim. Ooh. Oh, which you guys covered trivia. on Arms and at Geek at Arms podcast. But we'll talk about that later. Continue, Paul. Oh, why? We, we, we've been wanting to cover that. Now we don't have to. So check <laughs> them out over there. All right. You want to talk about the box office? Let's do it. All right, Alien was made for $11 million and went on to earn over $200 million at the box office. Oh my gosh, I had no idea it was that successful for well, that much Well, I think that's, that's counting a couple re-releases in there. Mm-hmm. But since 1978, there have been 67 movies in the sci-fi horror genre released in theaters. So... According to the money it made at the U.S. box office, how high do you think it ranks among the other 67 movies? Hmm, for sci-fi horror. Well, what do you think, Mike? I don't know. If we're breaking it down to specifically sci-fi horror, I don't know. At least in the top 10. I'm going to say, I don't know, 8. 
eight. Okay, for me, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess ten. Wow. Well, Mike is correct because the answer is seven. Oh wow! Good job, One Mike. Away. By the way, the movie Signs that we covered previously in the podcast oh, yeah, yeah. was number three. Oh really? Is yes. Event Horizon number one? No, oh. I am Legend with Will Smith. Oh yeah, I see. I don't really consider that horror as much. That's more no. action. But okay, I'll fine. These these well, are not the same genre of films. <laughs> Alien and I Am Legend. <laughs> Well, actually, I consider I don't consider this first movie uh, horror. It's what? suspense. It's, yeah, it's suspense. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. There is a horrific scene, but yeah, yeah for yeah. the most part, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, that's fair. Uh, but uh, thank you for those factoids, uh, Paul. And sure. let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind melt or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we will get to once Alice has located our target film. <laughs> In space, no one can hear you scream. Alien, rated R from 20th Century Fox. Now owned by Disney. <laughs> Must Alien Queen us? is my favorite Disney princess. <laughs> that commercial definitely brings back some memories about Alien, but to give you some context for the things we collectively remembered most before our rewatch, uh, here is our memory mind melt synopsis for Alien. Sigourney Weaver wakes up from hypersleep to what? To a distress call with Emperor Caligula? Robo Baggins? and a couple of others. After a graphic chestburster scene, the alien grows and kills everyone but Ridley, who thinks she killed it by destroying the Nostromo and evading Robo Bilbo. A Ridley Zool, <laughs> the wits alien, <laughs> but now she is all alone, and no one can hear you scream in space because the alien killed everyone else. I, I mean, some of that was right, but uh, yeah, there's no... Emperor Caligula. I don't, I don't oh, know. Oh, I is. disagree. Oh, I John Hurt. Yeah, go go check out I Claudius. Oh, okay. I've never seen that. But Oh, uh, you guys should totally You know what? Fans of the Retro Rewind podcast, bump the entire I Claudius series to number 1 and make these guys watch that masterpiece classic. Sorry, I, I think I may have incepted <laughs> that memory you just said about something I Claudius. I, I don't know, but we're going to continue on Mike. Yeah, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Based on those memories, and they weren't that flawed, uh, what rating did they lead you to predict for this movie before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Uh, let's start with you, Mike. Uh, I predicted this as a classic. Classic for you. And Paul? I predicted nostalgic. Nostalgic. Okay. And wait, I forget. Was it this movie that you've never seen before, or was it Aliens, the sequel that you've never seen before? So I've seen this movie once before 20 years ago. So this is my second watch. Whoa. Okay. And so, and I have not seen the sequel. Okay. Aliens. Okay. Got it. Okay. So, and so nostalgic for you. And then for me, I also predicted it would be a classic film. 
It'll be interesting to see if those predictions come true. But first, let's get into our discussion of the things we liked most about Alien. Let's spin up our... Best three. All right, we would like to start with our guest first. For the, What's one thing you liked about this movie, Alien? Go, Mike, go. Okay, uh, really, the set designs that were based off of H.R. Giger's art just really creates a wonderfully haunting, otherworldly visual experience. Oh, that totally. Just the set designs based on these things were amazing, and especially uh, the interior of the space jockey ship Yes, was just... Oh, it was just an incredible build, and it it really brings something something delightful to the film. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more. That's also my number three is the set design. Is oh, really? How okay. very detailed it is. It's a lot of space movies, especially at this time, minus Star Wars. I mean, even afterwards, when you get into like Flash Gordon and stuff, <laughs> the set design isn't as nearly as detailed. In fact, this movie looks like it was created about 10 years later. That's how detailed the sets are. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I'm <laughs> right in pace with you guys. I mean, I'll say the overall atmosphere, atmosphere, especially the interior sets, I, I don't quite feel the same about the exteriors. We'll, we'll get into that later. But the interiors... Like the giant guy in front of the giant gun. Of the Nostromo. That's the space jockey, Paul. The Nostromo... Okay. The interior of the, the alien ship, all of that was, yeah, very beautifully uh, materialized. And added to that, I also thought the creature effects for the facehugger and the xenomorph were really, really well done. I mean, especially the, the, when I, I, it never occurred to me, but when they are, have the facehugger off, when the facehugger left uh, Kane and they're doing like sort of some sort of exam or autopsy on it. I never dawned on me how real that looks. It looks like it's a yeah. real creature with real organs. And yeah. it never occurred to me, oh my gosh, this is a fake thing. And they made it look real. So I was yeah. thoroughly impressed by that. Funny point, though, some of those are real organs on oh. there. Like they took like chicken liver or a couple of scallops Jeez. and they covered it in like KY. And so it has this same sheen over mm-hmm. all of it. So oh, they oh, wow. they took like real life food products and mm-hmm. and and organs and just put it together with the prosthetics. Man. So it just seemed to seamlessly blend in. That well done production team. I think Rob Cobb or Ron Cobb, I think, who also did not that we've covered this covered this movie, but I know him mainly from being the production designer on Conan the Barbarian. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he was involved either in production design or some other production. Uh, aspect of this film at least i saw him mentioned a lot in the trivia as i was going through so uh that's i neither, didn't read the trivia i just saw his name mentioned a lot that's neither <laughs> nor there. mike let's go back to you what's something else you liked about this film uh the the number two thing that i had was the the film score uh mm, jerry really? goldsmith okay. yeah i mean from the very moment that uh the credits started rolling just the way that the hauntingly beautiful arrangement was. I mean, I, I, it just drew me into the mood and all throughout the film, I just felt that it matched the emotional tone. And, uh, I mean, it was, I thought it was a fantastic soundtrack. Okay. That's fair. You know what? I honestly didn't pick up on the score as much. I was much more in tune with the sound effects 
uh, from that the that that that's like a very I think a very iconic sound to the sort of Alien franchise. But the even the even though it wasn't quite the same as in Aliens, which we'll discuss in in uh, about a month. That's coming up as part of Sci Frights. Um, but even though the sound wasn't as iconic as the motion sensor, the the one that Ash made still oh, had yeah. something like that in terms of the blips and <laughs> the beeps and the boops. Uh, but uh, yeah, the overall sound I really thought was really awesome and very just built that tension that I think one of you mentioned before. You know, and it's funny that the beeps and the boops are the things that just kind of come to be a part of the cultural consciousness. Like mm-hmm. they, there are so many sci-fi parodies that bring in those sound elements to just bring you back to that to that moment. Exactly. So, yes. yeah. Unfortunately, it dates them. A lot of the the, the screen site, like when they're reading the screen, it goes. It sounds like sounds made in the late 70s early 80s yeah think this came out in the future when it sounded like effects done 40 years ago that you know and i think that's something that's interesting you bring that up paul because i was about to say well star wars the original new hope is like that but it took place oh far a, a long, long time, time ago, ago. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's kind of whereas this took place in the 2100s at some point i believe I read. Well, so. you see the Nostromo, all of the budget for, for that ship went into the hypersleep pods. And so they didn't really have anything else oh, for the screens. That, and so yeah. then it's all beeps and boops. That's, you know, that makes sense. And unfortunately, it does. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. corporation's just cutting corners. Yeah. I actually. You have no, no escape pods. Well, we do have one shuttle, so one can make it. Okay, that's good enough. Oh, yeah. They did bring up how, oh, there's not enough room on the escape pod for all of us. I'm like, geez, nice job there. Uh, company yeah, well, it's like the titanic and the rowboats well, same thing yes but you'd think they would have learned two centuries no. later <laughs> yeah cutting corners are you kidding me people are always trying to save a dime but cutting oh, oh. they are several light years out of osha's jurisdiction oh my gosh anyway i was going to say something i've totally lost my train of thought so you're welcome <laughs> paul what's something you liked uh, the characters, not the aliens, but the actual characters, the people, the mm-hmm. human characters, felt very real when yeah. it was, when they're arguing about the money, or it's like the captain trying to stay cool but in control. Mm-hmm. Everything about the people there felt real, and it was really easy to get aboard the ship for I, me. I mean, I yeah. I'd really agree with you for the most part, but I feel like Ash played by um. Ian Holm was pretty robotic. Uh, <laughs> oh, where did that come from? Why Why would you say that? <laughs> he was very standoffish, sure. No, I know. I was just making, a, I was just making comedy here. Much, maybe he drank too much milk and he was just felt like bloated and like non-engaging. Yes, he's lactose intolerant. All right. But it's funny that you mentioned that the that the interactions felt like you were there because Ridley Scott, if I if I remember correctly, really did a lot to try to socially engineer very mm-hmm. genuine reactions. Mm-hmm. Like even tried to pit some some animosity between one of the other actors and Sigourney Weaver. Yes. And like years later, they felt bad about it. He's like, I actually really like Sigourney Weaver, but Mm -hmm. you know, the director wanted me to taunt her. So I did. And it, it came up on screen and I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, but I believe it. Yeah. I read it was, uh, yeah. Koto who played Parker. Uh, he's one of the two guys that fixes a ship. Um, yeah, he's the one who's like, I've, I've liked Sigourney Weaver. I'm sad that I, that, uh, Ridley sort of made me, 
uh, annoy her throughout so that we'd have this tension. But, uh, but I think it did make the film all the more, uh, real in terms of the character interactions for sure. Um, something else that I liked that really didn't have to do with the characters, but more how we see the characters was the creepy way that the camera moves. It's almost, it reminded me of how I would, I guess, and this happened, the, the, the camera movements I'm speaking of are usually, we're coming out a lot before we even had the alien and they would, there's this very, there's this one that's very, uh, how do I describe it? When we're seeing Ash look at the, he's looking at the x-ray. Do you guys remember that? Where you, us, the audience looks like we can tell there's a creature inside Kane, but, uh, Sigourney Weaver's character, um, Ripley doesn't notice it. And Ash turns the monitor off. Are you guys remembering this scene at all? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, So as we go into see Ash doing that, the camera's like not looking right dead on as the, as if we're walking straight up to Ash, it's like looking at the wall and sort of strafing around, which has this very unsettling feeling that us, the audience can't see where we're going. We're sort of like, looking in our periphery and looking that way. And so there were camera moves like that mainly in the game, but throughout that I I felt like was a great way of just building tension and keeping tension going in this, in this film. So I was, I was really appreciative of the use of camera techniques like that to draw us into the film in a different way. Mm. I hadn't noticed that. That's an interesting observation. Thank you. I'm filled with interesting observations as you, <laughs> You should start a podcast. Ooh, that's a fantastic idea. I shall name it Francisco's Fabulous Observations of Focal Points in Film. It's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've talked through some of our, our likes, let's get into the things we love the most about Alien, our classic makers. And let's start with Paul this time. What's something you loved most about Ridley Scott's Alien? You mentioned attention, and the thing that I liked most about this was how suspenseful it was. I mean, this is my second time seeing it. I know, spoilers, that everyone's going to die except Ridley. Ripley. Ridley, Ridley Scott. It's very confusing. I keep messing up to it. Ridley yeah, Scott. I thought Ridley named the name char- main character after himself, but okay, yeah. Ripley. Ripley, yeah. I knew... Like the alien was going to get, I, but I was still somehow engaged and kind of mm. like suspensed and like, I don't know how he did it. I guess with lighting, I guess with story, I guess with characters, I guess with camera movements and I guess with sounds, but all that added to make, uh, it suspenseful, which I think it did a very good job of. It's a slow burn. Yes. It's, it's mm-hmm. not, it, you don't get there right away, but eventually I, you get caught up into it. Yeah. I'm I'm right there with you, Paul. I, I felt the same way. That's my classic mirror as well. Particularly in the and after the face hugger is on the scene and he's on Kane. I felt like the tension just builds and builds and builds and never lets up. And I really for this type of movie, I really appreciated that. It was able to I never felt like Oh, okay. Now I don't have, I'm not worried that much or anything. No, I'm just like always like, oh my gosh, this is so, <laughs> oh, how are you going to do it? Ripley, I don't think you can do this. <laughs> but, uh, so that, so, okay. Those were our classic makers, me and Paul. Mike, what did you love most about, uh, Alien? 
I focused on one of the ways that it built tension because oh, there okay. are like a thousand ways that mm-hmm. that the film builds it. And it's really how we're rooted in the the character's perspective. The oh, camera okay. work never really shows you what's going to happen. I mean, it gives you like a little glimpse of it. So, you know, you can see a little bit of movement of the alien behind somebody, mm-hmm. but you don't see it. Mm-hmm. And really what it's doing is it's it's letting you know that the crew is only seeing hints of it unless they're seeing it dead on and when they're seeing it dead on they're only seeing it for a split second yeah i didn't think about that yes and you're talking about the the crew of the ship now you said crew and i'm thinking like the film crew i'm like i think they're seeing all of it but no you mean the crew oh no they were blindfolded they weren't allowed to see this (laughs) (laughs) the crew of the nostromo yes 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 yes. that's an excellent point yes and so it it really isn't even until the last few minutes of the film that you have a crew member seeing this thing face to face for any, any period of time. Other than that, it's all like extreme close up or just an extreme cut for a second. Mm-hmm. And it's really letting your imagination do most of the work for it totally. because you don't know what this thing looks like in mm-hmm. its entirety all you know is like oh there's something moving over here something moving over there it's huge flash of teeth and someone's dead yes exactly though now i do gotta say i'm actually i'll, I'll save, save it. it i'll save it yeah i'll save it but yes i i absolutely agree with you 100 mike and i never thought about the aspect of yeah we're only catching glimpses of these and that's probably all the crew has seen and yeah, that's just another great way to build tension. So apparently we're all on the tension train in terms of what we left most, which is an odd thing, but totally makes sense for Alien, I would say. Uh, let's see. Oh, I, I don't know why I do this. Uh, there is one other thing I like, though, guys. Supersonic Pod Comics. Supersonic Pod Comics are comics for your ears. Superhero stories told through audio drama form as a weekly podcast They've created four different series that will each release one episode a month into a free podcast feed accessible in the podcast app of your choice, telling the ongoing story of some unique, relatable, fun, and inspiring heroes. Check out the series at supersonicpodcomics.com or any podcatcher you like. I'm actually uh, one of the voice actors on Supersonic Pod Comics, so this this promo is a little self-aggrandizing, uh, but I enjoy working on that show. And I'm only part of one story, so the other three you don't hear me. So if you don't like hearing me on the podcast, I don't know why you're still listening now, but don't worry, the, that podcast only has me in one series. All right, that's all well and good, Francisco. I, I applaud you in, in your... Uh efforts not efforts endeavors your fun adventures there so good job but uh what does that have to do with alien well i mean it's kind of a loose connection but in the sort of the kickoff story for uh supersonic pod comics the episode's name is origin we learn that uh this alien is coming into contact with humanity from we don't know where and that's still up in there i have no idea what the story behind this different alien is but it's way different than the xenomorph but they're both aliens so uh, it's kind of so like no Prometheus coming or is it still on the way for the uh supersonic pod comics i guess it's still on the way okay looking forward to it okay but i, I assume you actually want some more uh trivia related to alien the movie sure. the movie I okay fine all right 
Carl or fine. No, Ridley Scott's alien. So here you go. Did you all realize that the first day that Sigourney Weaver shot a scene involving Jones the cat, her skin started reacting badly. Horrified, the young actress immediately thought that she might be allergic to cats and that it would be easier for the production to recast her instead of trying to find four more identical cats because they used four cats to play the one cat, Jones. It turns out, though, Weaver was reacting to the glycerin sprayed on her skin to make her look hot and sweaty. So my question to you guys is, what is something you're allergic to? Especially if it's something crazy like glycerin spray. Yeah, I'm allergic to marshmallows. It makes me turn into a giant marshmallow. Okay, no. Zool. No. <laughs> yeah, um, chocolate. Really? Oh, you're yeah. allergic to chocolate? Oh. Well, it's like, you know, if you're getting like really technical, like it's not an allergy. It's just oh, a sense. dietary restriction because of like, do you know what? It doesn't matter because if I eat it, it hurts real bad. So not that it's close enough for me. I can't have it. Gotcha. Well, in that case, I'm allergic to nails and glass. Oh my god! Fire. I mean, okay. Nuclear you know, waste. No, oh, this, the man. The man has a point. The man has a point. You don't have to give him a point, Mike. Yeah, he's got several points in his esophagus. <laughs> yeah. All the glass and the nails scratchy all the way down. Yes, it's wonderful. It's almost as bad as my hay fever, though. That's what I'm allergic to. Hay fever. Is yeah. That is that grass in there or pollen or what? Yeah, it used to be more as a as a kid more grass related. Now mm. it's unknown stuff in the air. Yeah, I'm I'm allergic myself to cats. Funnily, that Jones oh, I guess is... I am a little too. I'm fine for petting them, but if I rub them in my eyes, I'll forget it. Yeah, that's the thing. If I'm petting them and then rub my eyes with those hands, yeah, yeah. I'll get all. Yeah. And if same if, here. <clears throat> if I'm in a a place that has cat dander all over, I'll get very like uh, oh, congested. Yeah. And we're all allergic to cats, and we're covering this movie. Great. Yes, it is great. Great, great, great. But what's also Thanks. great... What, Paul? Thanks for talking about my great butt. <laughs> <laughs> great trivia, Francisco. Oh, and I have the answer to our last audience question, which, again, was... What is the name of the only movie or game we covered that had a giant in its title? And what episode did we cover it? Celeste Mora, our ship's historian, guessed correctly once again. And she was the only one to enter. So as it stands, you have a good shot of winning if you guess the answer to this week's question. Which I think you will know the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... What movie did we first review that featured an alien? Really? Oh, oh, nice. I like I like the cut of your jib there, Paul, with that one. <laughs> awesome, Paul. Thank you for that trivia. And send your answers to trivia at retrorewindpodcast.com by the time we record our next episode, which gives you usually a week and a couple days. So Celeste was the only one who submitted an answer this time. So you... If you think you know the answer, you probably have a good shot of winning the free uh, Twitch subscription uh, or free subscription to Twitch for a month. So definitely give it a shot. We'd love to hear you guys uh, more answers. And if here's here's the thing. If you think you have, if you know the answer, but you want to have some fun with us and give us some crazy off the wall answer, feel free to add, put those in too. We'll probably read them. Uh, but uh, continuing on. And now that we've had some trivial fun, let's find out what memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about Alien. 
First off, Becky Smith says, I don't remember exactly how old I was when I first saw this movie, but I do remember thinking how dumb she was for going back for the cat and how glad I was that she succeeded. Uh, cat smiley emote. One of my favorite remakes right here. And then she uh, left a link to Angry Alien, which is Aliens. The movie Alien reenacted in 30 seconds by bunnies. And so if you're part of our Facebook group, you can find the link uh, in the post for what do you remember about the movie Alien, but that was definitely worth watching. So thank you, Becky. LJ Lowry says, I don't remember much, but I'll be watching along with you guys since I recently got the whole collection on digital sale. Excellent. And Dustin Warford said, if they would have followed protocol when the facehugger grabbed its first victim, all would have died. Well, except for Kane, of course. Ripley being one of the first female leads to kick butt, fight, and survive in a horror-slash-science-fiction film, and being scared out of my pants with a blip of motion sensor. Yeah. Uh, Wardale White says, My memory of first seeing Alien was seeing it through this thing, an RCA laser disc player. And Whoa. Uncle had it. I was 10 when I originally saw it. I don't think I appreciated it back then like I do now. Yeah, the Depper Man says, This is my favorite of all the Alien films. The first half is really grand. It builds on a slow burn momentum and a deep fear of alone in space. No contact with anyone and a sense of dread. It works so well on atmosphere in the first half. The second half is a bit weaker, playing in the slasher side of horror. I usually prefer the originals, but it's it but this is arguably much better than the original It, the Terror from Beyond Space from 1958. The film is a classic for me. And Steve Hamilton said, I had nightmares for weeks after watching this. The face huggers were great, but the dinner scene really set the night terrors in place for many years to come. If you could have either one weapon from the Ridley Scott universe, Blade Runner or Predator, since Ridley connected a Blade Runner and Alien franchise together alongside Fox that owns the rights to Predator, so they're all part of the same universe. What weapon would it be? Hmm, for me, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, Predator's a shoulder cannon that's just like legit i love that how about you uh paul i don't know <laughs> flamethrower maybe maybe, maybe. <laughs> i don't know it's weird <laughs> a gun <laughs> <laughs> something that kills other things how about you mike see that's it's kind of a funny thing because the pulse rifle from aliens really has a design that speaks to me and I have mm -hmm. absolutely no idea why. I mean, it's just a gun mm -hmm. with a grenade launcher slapped onto the bottom of it. Yeah. But for some reason, the whole design, plus you have the ticker counter that, you know, instead of keeping your eyes on the enemy, you know, you can look at the side of your gun for a little bit. Oh, yeah. I've got 50 rounds left. Oh, I guess I'm, Oh, I guess I'm dead because oh. I wasn't <laughs> watching where I was pointing this thing. Um, but still, time. I mean, as a prop, I think it was fantastic. Awesome. So there's your answer, Steve. Thanks for uh, dropping those questions into, into the feedback. Uh, let's see. Celeste Morris says, I remember being highly intrigued by the movie from probably minute 20. The beginning was a bit slow, but after that, it held my interest. Can't wait to see what you th all think. Christopher Tiny Sullivan says, the first time I saw the film was through my fingers at age eight. Oh my gosh, you guys <laughs> watching this movie so small. And I think I did as well, but my goodness. I remember being totally caught off guard where the end is not really the end and the robot guy being torn in half. 
I couldn't watch another horror movie till I was 11. Oh, 11. Jeez. <laughs> it's only three years. So mature. I mean, it's a long time for an eight-year-old. Logan Sharp says, I remember watching this for the first time several years ago and being blown away as to how well it held up. But those face huggers, man, nightmare fuel. Totally. And uh, Reed Benson closes out our our feedback with a few things. I'd already had it spoiled by a book, so I knew Ripley would be the only survivor the first time I saw it. I had an action figure of Ripley from the second movie before I saw the first. Since I saw Spaceballs before Alien, I couldn't recognize John Hurt from Adam. The chestburster parody didn't make as much sense. <laughs> You're just stacking the deck against this movie, Reed. Uh, aside from the chestburster, the only death I ever remember is the captain's in the air vents or whatever. And then androids pu- puke milk for some reason. <laughs> Yeah. They're lactose intolerant. Oh, well, of course, yes. Because it's like they're blood. You can't eat a bunch of blood, so. You remember the captain's death in the air vents? That was like one of the least dramatic. It's like he goes in and just never comes out. No, well, yeah, kind of, sort of. I don't know. The idea that, you know, he knows that it's somewhere nearby, but he can't see it, and he's feeling like he's got to abort. He's like, okay, I'm heading out. And they're like, no, you're headed the wrong way. Like a split And then all, all you see is like a dots on a screen, and then it's like, oh, the captain's gone. You see the thing, like, reach out for him for a second. I, I oh, like I don't remember scene. that. Oh, yeah. You, like, oh, yeah. You must like have been maybe blinking. blinking. Yeah. You you had your you had your hands over your eyes. Maybe that was... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> It's too, it's too scary for Paul. So Reed's comments kind of lead us right into the things we didn't like so much about Alien. So it's time for Alien. So it's time for our... Worst three. All right. So I will start things off with something I didn't like about Alien. And it pretty much goes right into what you guys, what we were just talking about. That whole scene with Dallas, the captain, going in the air vent. I thought this was the, I know it's not like, ooh, I'm not a person who like, oh, I love kills. I love me some slasher kills and movies and who's the what's it's. Uh, but I thought it was just so lame how, I mean, I think people have memed this, but it really looks like the alien just wanted to hug. Just give me a hug, Dallas. He just opens his hands like this and it's like, give me a hug. I was just so silly. I thought you didn't like, I was about to say I must have blinked because I don't remember that. Uh, you didn't like the jazz hands alien. I mean, that's, <laughs> jazz hands are scary, man. And all that no. jazz. jazz hands. Uh, okay. Well, maybe the maybe the reach I think could have been cut like a like a a couple of frames earlier. But I mean, I think that up until that moment, you know, I I still think like the no, you're headed the wrong way, and then oh, bam, it's right there. Absolutely, that whole scene was great. I I have no issues with this that whole scene as a whole. It's just that one moment I would have much rather seen this alien head like charging toward him. I'm sure they kind of done mm. that in a air and with this technology in an air vent, but I think that would have been way more panic for him to like, look one way, look another, don't see anything either way, then look back the other way. And there it's charging him. And then you see like you, you cut to him like in horror and you cut to a jaw snapping and that's it. I think that's, that'd be way better. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I must remember that scene cause I can picture it. So, but Oh, okay. Anyway. But you didn't know it was the, that part. That's interesting. I didn't know it was the captain part. I gotcha. Gotcha. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Mike, what's something you didn't like about this film? Uh, You know, I think that for as strong as this film was visually, Mm -hmm. the explosion of the Nostromo was not only (laughs) underwhelming, 
Really? But it was, but they had to show it to you three or four times. Like, okay, the ship blew up. I got it. Okay. And it's blowing up again. Oh, okay. It's really blown. Okay. How many reactors did this thing have? Yeah. And, and no escape pods. Okay. Well, great. I guess. What were, what were you carrying in that thing? I, yeah, I A think lot. that was kind of, I, I definitely agree. That was weird. And the visual effect, it didn't look like anything very spectacular. It just looked like a, like a light source that they were uh, turning up and down really uh, and then tinting yellow or something uh, so and and i would have been fine with it if they would have just done it once mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think it would have read just fine just once and maybe with like one smaller one if you really want to add something extra but yeah it's it was it was kind of no it needed at least two because it got bigger the second time and i thought after the first one that's too small of an explosion there's probably bits left so right. they needed at least two fine Fair. Okay, Paul. Uh, but what's something... So you liked the explosions. What didn't you like about Alien? Uh, when things didn't make sense. And a highly suspenseful film mm-hmm. is... Here's the scene. Ripley is in that lighted computer room asking the computer questions. Mm-hmm. When she goes in, this door makes the noise. <laughs> and then she, oh, later... Oh, the ash is in there and you didn't hear it. Yes. Yeah. Like, how did he get in there? It's like... Okay, yes, it's a boo moment or a scary, like, oh, how did he get in here? But it's like, wait, wait, did he like climb through the roof or how did he get in there? He's the alien. No way. It totally took me out of the movie, which is, but it's like, wait, wait, what's going on? Is there another hatch? I'm like, we need to know because there's aliens loose and we need to know where all the hatches are. Totally. See, it's funny. I, that didn't take me out of the moment. I mean, it, it, I, Personally, my subjective experience of the film, I gave it a pass because it's like, okay, boom, he's right there, the last person you want over your shoulder. Right. That I was very it. scary. He's there. It's scary, but it, it should make sense, and it doesn't make sense if it, it's not going to be scary if you hear the door open. I know. Yeah. But it it's it's kind of like really, it's a cheat, and I caught you on your cheat, Ridley Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm sure he's going to come out with an apology any day now for your ball. I expect uh, it written an open letter to the internet. <laughs> uh, in the director's cut, you see Ash pressing the mute button on the door. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Problem that solved. Makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Wow. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go uh, with something else I didn't like, which was that, and I. So I've never been in, maybe you guys, if you've ever been in this situation, you can speak to this. Yes, at Denny's. <laughs> you've been into a situation like this where you're, you're, you're sort of, um, frozen in fear by something. But the oh, yeah. whole, the scene with Lambert not moving, the aliens giving her like, a, I'm sure a solid minute or two to get out of the way or run or do something. Fight or but, fight. but you just I've been so stays scared there. That you can't. You can't move, yeah. Okay, what happened? Tell me that. Tell me this. You curl into a ball. Okay, well, that's something. She just yeah. stood there. So what did you do? What What made you so scared? Was it the bear? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was one of the things, yeah. But I thought you said you did something there. You like were telling your students to be quiet or something like that. Yeah, but... Oh, well, that's I not don't... doing nothing. All right. I've been, I don't remember any specifics, but I remember being so scared that I just like, like a deer in the headlight. Okay. All right. All right. How about you, Mike? Do you have any, uh, experience with that? 
Well, you see that uh, we cowards, we don't have fight or flight. <laughs> All we have is pee and flee. So. Fair? No, I've, I've no, I, it, uh, for real, I don't think that I've ever been in a deer in a headlight sort of situation. Mm -hmm. So I, I tend to react pretty fast under pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, even if that reacting fast is, oh, I think I want to run away from this dude because he's angry and he's coming right at me. So, mm -hmm. you know, Nike self-defense, perfect every time. Strap on your Nikes and run away. <laughs> All right. There you Hold go. Hold on, guys. I need some air. <laughs> <laughs> All right, homies. Time in. Oh, my gosh. Uh, name that movie. Good listener. Do you want to hear my story about how, why I feel like I... Sure. Okay. Why not? Recently... When, when do you ever have an open forum where you can discuss what you want to discuss? Recently, uh, I was using our oven. Our oven has, uh, you know, most ovens have a broiler aspect to it where it heats up a coil really hot and it helps broil your food. So I had the broiler on under over some veggies and I'm doing something else. And all of a sudden, I, I look over to the kitchen, and I see this, like, orange glow coming out of the oh, oven. I'm like, oh, no. There's some fire. So I run over. I open it up, and there's these sparks just coming out of the what? oven, just pouring it out. And, like, I'm like, oh, crap. So I... I, I I, I waited a little bit. I'm like thinking, okay, what do I need to do next? And then the sparks just shoot out toward the refrigerator where all these papers are that oh, could light on fire. Oh, jeez! Praise the Lord, nothing did. But I just closed the oven. And at that point, I, I wasn't really sure what to do. So I just sort of waited. And eventually the breaker hit and it turned it off. So I'm like, okay, oh, that'll do it. Okay. And so there was a bit of... I don't know what to do in this situation because it's it's contained for now. Do I need to get water maybe or or what have you? But it wasn't like I was just like looking at it. No. Well, it's different. It's not like a car coming right at you or something like that. I suppose. About to... Yeah. I Although move, I don't know. So. I've seen videos of people just straight up looking at something barreling right at them because there's yeah. nothing in their training experience or even primal instinct mm, as yeah, to what to do yeah, if right. it's barreling right down at you. And mm. I, I was, I, I threw out a joke at first because I, you know, I had a couple examples come to mind and I'm like, no, that's somebody else's story. I don't want to tell, oh, I don't sure. want, sure, I don't sure. want to tell someone on theirs, but there was something that did happen. Um, in our family, like we've, we've had things like something catches on fire inside the oven mm -hmm. and I have two people around me just freeze, like looking like, uh, this is fire, uh, fire, bad, uh, fire emergency. Well, I look at it I'm like, okay, here's the problem resources at hand. Okay. Got this douse that shut the, uh, shut the door. Like, okay, emergency over now. Let's now let, let's break this down and how we can, mm -hmm. you know, how we can deal with the aftermath. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've seen people freeze. I've seen yeah. videos of people freezing. Um, yeah. I have too. Okay. I, I, w I don't need to uh, beat this dead Lambert to death. That but one way joke. or the other, what I'm hearing you say is visually it could have worked better. This is a film. Yeah, exactly. We're not, we're not trying to exactly any sort of point, level yes. of verisimilitude. We, we want to see a film where so I, I just said verisimilitude on air, didn't I? Yes, you did. Like, I, I okay. kind of know what that means, but not okay. perfectly. Can you explain it for those that don't know? Sure. Sorry. This uh, is we're not, dictionary.com we're not with Mike. We're, 
we're not trying to give some sort of representation of real life on screen. What we're trying to do is tell a story, present a visual narrative. And something in a terrifying scene when everything has been quick, 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 and then you have somebody just standing there screaming while another person has been standing there screaming, get out of the way so I can I can use my burninator on it. <laughs> and we even hear the shouting down the hall. This exchange has been going on a while. So, yeah, the, I, I get where you're coming from. The similar to the appearance of being true or real. Exactly. So, so yeah, we don't expect that from our films for, for, to an extent. We want something that's engaging, and I would have much rather seen, like, I don't know if her, maybe even her fighting back and just, I mean, obviously the alien's going to overpower, but maybe either her fighting back or roll, trying to roll out of the way and the alien gear. I don't, I'm not upset if she at least tries to move and then the alien gets her. That's fine. But it's just, yeah, like, like you just said, Mike, she's just standing there while we're trying to get the burninator on, and it's just not. Not going. So no, I haven't seen the future alien movies, but I've seen a clip where Ripley's just standing there and the aliens like right there and the little mouth comes at her and she's not moving. Well, she she's got she's backed into a corner. She's got. Yeah, she can't get away. Yeah. Spoilers. But there's no one there to support her either. It's not like, oh, if I just duck down, he can flame this guy. She's the only one there. She's sort of hopeless at that point. And it was in the trailer, so you know I, I don't, I, I don't feel bad spoiling that one exactly. <clears throat> but let's leave Lambert alone and go to Mike. What's something else you didn't like about this film? Yeah, I usually really enjoy the unexplained in in films. Mm. Uh, that I like the mystery that 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 leaves you guessing. Like if you can step away from a film and say, "Oh, I wonder why this happened or this happened." I usually like that. But uh, once we approach the climax of this film, why, why the alien goes from just full mobile, terrible murder machine to kind of sleepy, froggy, <laughs> oh, don't, Ripley, don't bother me with my nap. I'm going to slap your hand away. I mean, maybe there was something going on like, oh, man, I just ate like five humans. I, I <laughs> oh, no, I couldn't have, I don't even have room for that cat in a snack box i i just need a nap i mean <laughs> that was weird that she didn't try to eat the cat at all i wasn't quite sure what that was about he's allergic like us oh okay <laughs> yes of course that must be it wow it, it, oh it makes its eyes wa- oh wait no hold on oh yeah but yeah i that is a good point that it's like why is it is it an awesome like oh my gosh we're not done yet moment and i love that but that he's not like jumping out at her right away. She's like, oh, don't wake me up, mom. I don't but want to go to is, school. Isn't that normal animal like behavior? Like a, a predators, like tigers or lions, like they'll be on the hunt sometimes. And other times they're like, not. Well, you know what? Maybe I guess there could be this aspect that he doesn't. So I, I, I don't, I'm not up on my alien lore. But if there's an element of alien sort of sensing fear, like psychically sensing fear or something like that, and that's how they hunt, that's how they see, then at that point, she's not, she's done being afraid. So maybe he doesn't, the alien doesn't see her, so to speak. And so that's why he thinks it's just something's wrong with whatever 
part of the ship he's in. Oh, what's going on? I don't, I'm not really in danger. I'm not trying to kill anyone because I don't think anyone's here. It's just me. So maybe that's why he's reacting. He, I, I, assume, I say he. It could. I don't. Doesn't have a sex, but. Uh, okay. Did you just assume it's? It oh, don't let that go there. Um, <laughs> I mean, HR Giger designed it. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty that we can edit out here. That, that's true. <laughs> Although I, I was thinking, well, they could have easily had it trapped in the, uh, like in the mechanics of it, like being held, like he's trying to reach out for her, and like being trapped behind like you know bars or whatever mm-hmm. and like that gives her time to strap on and everything and like he could be inching more and more during that whole time mm-hmm. to build up the tension rather than just um nah, nah, every so often yeah. so i i agree that that was lacking right there at the climax but I just chalked it up. Well, that's probably more realistic that way because she has to have an excuse to get out. It's interesting hearing what we, what each of us will like give to the, what will be sort of uh, allow the film to do how I should say how we all suspend our disbeliefs in different ways. I I, I find that very interesting. Uh, yeah. But Paul, what's one last way you didn't suspend disbelief? What's one right. la- one more thing you didn't like before we get to our tragic makers? Either Ripley or some, but not Ripley. Ridley or the director somebody, it, somebody has uh, uh, needs therapy because they have a sick fixation on different ways to hurt or strangle people but trying to suffocate by a magazine oh. really <laughs> it's just would that even work you can breathe through the I mean a chokehold would have been much more effective and Maybe even a little more dramatic, but some some sick fantasy I think was was uh, on there that just didn't really make any sense. So I was giving this some thought because I was totally there with you. I think I did come up with a reason why he chose that, but Mike, you have anything, any idea or or actual facts as to why he chose a mag a role at magazine? In terms of facts, uh, I actually checked the CDC website and there were, uh, between uh, 2015 and 2018, 55 rolled magazine related deaths. No, no, they're not. I was going to say, I like, you're (laughs) pulling my chain. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So what I think it might have been was he was still trying to keep his anonymity as to him being a robot or him being like the bad guy. And if you suffocate someone that way, they're not going to be able to see strangle marks or anything like that. I mean, I think a forensic examiner could probably figure it out, Uh, but just these other crew good people aren't going to know. It's just, Oh, I just found her dead. Maybe she just couldn't take anymore. I don't know. An alien. Maybe it strangled her or something. This is obviously suicide by pornography. (laughs) Wow, but now I've totally lost my train of thought there. Okay, so that's the last thing. Exactly <laughs> what happened to me while watching the movie. It's like, really, what's that going makes, on? But here? doesn't that make sense? That's a way that he could potentially show. Yeah, I guess. Though he's a doctor, I mean, I assume he could like, if he's so strong, he could like crush her rib cage and break her heart or something, and just say, "Oh, she had a heart attack." I guess I don't know. People are getting murdered right and left. It it's not like you need a whole lot of plausible doubt here. Yeah. Right. But regardless, 
Uh, let's get to our tragic makers, the things we hate most about rolled up magazines. I mean, this movie Alien. Let's start with Mike. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to have to say that the awkwardly small underpants was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I mean, there's, I mean, I, afterwards, I actually went in and did some looking at about the scene and it, it, turns out there was actually some dialogue because uh sigourney weaver as a young actress was initially like no i was strongly in favor saying we should we should do this scene we should do this scene nude because Mm -hmm. it's a like rebirth scene and we're having the alien and ripley see each other for the first time it would make a lot of sense if this was just everything laid bare everything vulnerable everything you know there's you got nothing um so, but I also, she, for the record, she says now that she's, uh, she's more seasoned, she sees every good reason not to have done that nude. Good. Good for her. I'm glad she is, knows that now, but yeah. She says, given the letters I've already received, I would have thought twice. And, uh, but you know, I, I have no problem with the human form, but you know, why please just someone in wardrobe, go and purchase undergarments from the adult section rather than, you know, the, the child section. Because <laughs> it's, that's, no, she, she was, she was not wearing that the whole film. I, I guarantee. Oh, well, yeah. Though, I think they did have very limited garb for when they woke up from cryosleep. You didn't see them wearing that much. Apparently, they even, for Lambert and, uh, and uh, Ripley, they uh, had like, a, what's it called? Not hospital tape, but medical tape. Uh, over their breasts um which i didn't i didn't see that at all i didn't i didn't notice them at all in the pods during that scene but i think i I have hd okay well you know what since you bring up your hd let me get to my tragic maker and that is so i usually i watch these movies on my i have a projector but it's it's a beautiful 480p resolution projector (laughs) i don't as i can pretty much only watch things in sd but this time, because my kids, I didn't want my kids coming out from their bed to see this big monster above them. So I, because I, unlike apparently Tiny and uh, who else, who else uh, uh, was it? I don't know. Some, some of the other people that watch this when they're young. I didn't want my kids exposed to this quite yet. So I watched it on my um, my computer, and which has an HD display. Oh, there you go. So I watched this in HD. And I don't know if it was that or if the effects really just are this bad, but the green screen and the miniatures were just super obvious to me. I was oh, like, Oh, I didn't notice it. You, <laughs> you and your UHD didn't notice it. I know. This? It was, uh, I know, right? It was very, it, well, it took me people, out. I'm like, Oh, that's okay. I, I'm I just watched looking at miniature a, now. I watched it on a smaller screen than you, probably, because I watched it on my nine inch iPad. Oh, that would be smaller. Yes, I watched it on it. I guess it's twenty inch or something. Yeah, I had that reaction with a couple of the matte paintings. Mm-hmm. That's funny because I never, I never noticed any of the green screen, or I, I never noticed any of that. Oh wow, yeah, is is very obvious to me when they're showing like an exterior of the little, not getaway ship, but the the escape pod, and you see Ripley moving around. It's very obvious. Oh, that's just sort of a green screen on or overlaid, and then there's. Um, let's see what else was obvious. Oh, just seeing sort of outside 
through the windows of space. It looked very green screen to me because there's like this big black, it looked like electrical tape around the window cut out for where they're putting oh, the different wow. plates. So I don't know. It, it just, I, go ahead. I do have to jump in real quick because I see that we have, we have Brian from geek at arms in our, in our chat. Yes. And we do. he's, I have his voice in the back of my head saying, guys, they didn't have green screen back in. I'm sorry, blue screen, blue, blue screen, screen, whatever. So, sorry, Brian. I know you didn't say it, but I, I'm hearing <laughs> your voice anyway. There you go. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And yes, Thank you for being here, Dale and Brian and Thea Logan, all in this chatter, uh, chatter, all in the chat. Nice to have you guys here. Um, yeah, it would be blue. Okay. Fine. Fine. I, it's just, it's just what people say. It's common parlance. Brian, lay off, man. The screen is blue. <laughs> the screen is blue. The screen is royal blue. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Another movie for you to figure out what that's from. Anyway, that was my tragic maker. It's just that my eyes were very keen on all that. And it's usually not the case, but I wonder if is the difference between SD and HD for me. Uh, that leaves Paul. What was your tragic, tragic maker for Alien? The thing you hated most about this Ridley Scott film. All right. We already mentioned before how the, the smaller part of the alien looks so well as they're trying to examine it. It mm -hmm. looks very mm -hmm. lifelike. Yeah. The face hugger. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Mike had mentioned that it's quick cuts on the alien when you do see him. It's very quick. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I didn't think it was quick enough because there were a couple times that the giant full alien, not very many, mm -hmm. but it looked like a guy in a giant rubber suit, especially when at the climax when he's like reaching out, kind of mm -hmm. like it looks like a guy laying there. Reaching out with a rubber arm, going rawr, rawr. <laughs> so, I, I, I think if they had less shots of the alien, or somehow covered him up so that it doesn't look like a guy, which I'm sure it was a guy in a yeah, it was in in a giant rubber suit. Mm -hmm. I just wish that it didn't look like one. Brought to life by Bolaji Badejo. I'm probably saying that horribly, but he apparently I didn't realize this. He was he's like seven foot two or something, and he was a graphic artist. But someone saw him in a bar and like, you there? You look like an alien. No, it wasn't quite like that, but that it's something like that. We yeah. need it a was cheaper. Guy. It was cheaper to get him than to train four actual aliens to swap in and out to be the one <laughs> yeah. one real alien. And you know, aliens are union now, so it's the, yeah. it's just. I mean, everyone else is union. You want to cut corners where you can. Um, so yeah. Oh wow. darn it! I forgot my other tragic maker. Oh, you had another tragic maker. You, you were going to yeah, say that. I, I was going to say it. The tragic maker of this film is that the science officer was right all along. We need to capture the alien no matter the cost because we need to get them on. We need to get them over to our side and actually weaponize them so that we can fight the predators. But, you know, because <laughs> someone's got to stop the Catholic priests. No, I'm joking. It's a joke. Wow. <laughs> Was not expecting that turn. Apologies to our Catholic listeners right now. Don't you know, I hope that that that. Stigmatism is that right? Changes stigmata. What? No, I know. I, I know what you're Stigma. saying, Paul. There we go. Yeah, we've my had this eyes. Before. My eyes. I can't see very well. Exactly. 
Anyway, now that we've entered all our targeting information into the firing computer, Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready, on your mark. That's allergies. <laughs> all right, guys, do we rate the movie Alien? I don't know why I specified a movie. Do we rate Alien a classic we'd recommend Anyone would should go out and see this movie, whether or not they've seen it before. And nostalgic, it's worth a revisit if you remember liking it uh, as a kid, apparently, or as a young adult uh, in the past sometime. But if you've never seen it before, it's probably not worth your time to watch it today. Or a tragic, we'd recommend no one watch this, whether or not you've seen it before. So let's start with our guest. Mike, what is your final rating for Alien? Classic, no hesitation. No hesitation classic. I don't think we have that sort of specification, but we can, we'll see about adding that. Uh, I'll uh, see if you can add no hesitation classic into the databanks. That's super classic. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you don't want to, do you want to add anything to why it's so classic for you? That you wouldn't hesitate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that really just the combination of, uh, the pacing of the film to, as we've, I mean, I, I hate to say the way that it built tension, but there were so <laughs> many ways that, uh, they, that we had some very natural performances. Mm -hmm. We had, uh, we really had some clever photography. We had some beautiful sets. And I think that the whole thing on the whole came together really well. I think it holds up as a suspense film even today. Totally. Totally. Uh, I mean, you're wrong, but Paul, <laughs> what do you rate Alien? I'm still trying to figure this out because uh, it's not my cup of tea genre. It's yeah. Not my cup of tea. So I don't but, actively go out and recommend it for everybody. But Paul, it's a Disney movie. You love Disney. Well, is it well <laughs> done? It's well done for what it is. So mm -hmm. I... I guess it, would that fit in a classic? Would you would you watch it again, Paul? Would you recommend sure. it to other people? That's usually what you say. Would you recommend it to other people? Yeah, but here's the thing: it, it, if somebody comes to you and says, "I'm really looking for some some suspense films," um, and would you say, "Hey, if you're looking for suspense, this is one that I'd recommend." <laughs> if you're looking for a suspense, I'm the wrong guy because <laughs> <laughs> it's not my thing. I don't, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Fair, fair. So. I, if they say, "Hey, I I'm looking for suspense," I, I Alien might I would say, remember that this was made decades ago, because I don't think it looks like a movie made today. Mm -hmm. But yeah, give it a shot. So I guess I would, but only for those people that are looking for that. Mm. Okay, so for the general audience, what would you rate this? Well, this is rated R. It's not for the general oh, audience. My gosh. <laughs> For the general rewinders and new listeners, how would you rate this according to the that retro rewind? In, in this genre, I would recommend it. Okay, give it a final rating, would you? I, I'm trying. I don't know. Why don't you give me your final rating? <laughs> and then I'll see if it even matters what mine is. Mm. <laughs> All right. So I don't know if this will help you, Paul, but for me, I would rate it alien a classic i all right it so was it's a disputed classic 
Can I finish? I'll just say tragic in no, that way. No, you it's can't do that. You did classic either way. Paul, you can't do that because if people tune in and right. only if they connect with you the most and they they don't care about the big final reign, they just, oh, Paul, whatever movie, if Paul rates a, a certain way, that's who I'm going with. Then I want you to well, give a, a valid. Ridiculous. They need to come up with their own feelings. Oh my gosh. That's, I'm alienating everybody. This is alien. Everyone's on their own. Oh, wow. It's a fight to the finish. But you know what? I'll join you guys and say classic oh, and, and we'll right. be unanimous. Okay. Wow. Here we go. Okay. Are you sure, Paul? You sure? No, but go ahead. <laughs> See, my no hesitation makes up for his hesitation. So That's a good point. They cancel each other out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed mainly just being the 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 tension of this movie, the way like, I'm pretty much everything just Mike said. So if you want to hear what I said, just re-listen to Mike rewind. I don't know a few minutes. Oh, so you have a super rating too, super classic as well. No, not that part. Sure. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's not my favorite alien movie, so it wouldn't be super classic, but mm-hmm. I will say it's a classic film uh, worth your time to watch. So according to the retro rewind podcast, we rate alien a, unanimous classic film we'd recommend anyone go out and watch this whether or not you've seen it before ah but now that all that is out of the way time to get back to our own time good old 20xx 20xx isn't that when alien took place no that's 21xx okay so we're fine fine. don't worry We haven't met the Borg yet. We're okay. Wow. Well, it feels good to be back, especially that there's no Borg here. But we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1979 to begin with if it weren't for our our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keane, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, The Feeling Film Podcast, Peter Panda, Chris Owens, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, Mrs. Lomax, James Kennison, Daryl Hafner, Kevin Joshua Burnham, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Cronenbitter, and Logan Sharp, in addition to four other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so much, so, so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want, if you listening right now want to help keep us flying for as little as $1 a month and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash, slash support to see how. But wait, there's more. And while we're thanking our supporters, we also want to give a big face hugger to our subscribers because we love you so much. Uh, we're going to hug your face. Um, no, that sounds weird. Wow. Uh, our subscribers to Twitch, actually, which is another way to send us a couple bucks a month. And you don't even have to pay for it if you're already paying Amazon. You just have that money directed right to us. You can subscribe for free at Twitch. If you have Amazon Prime, find out how at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Twitch Prime. But hey, let's keep the gratitude train going now because we love hearing from you, be it uh, iTunes reviews, uh, comments on our website, or through our contact form. And here's what some of you had to say. Raytheon Hudson, awesome listener. Yes. Episode 181, listening to, which one was 181? This was Mega Man 3. Oh, Back to 20XX. Okay. <laughs> he says, listening to all the, listening to you all reminiscing of good times, first experiencing gaming back in the day, comparing them to now makes me think of Metal Slug 3 and how much fun I had with that. Also, Francisco is quite humble and asking others first if they had played Mega Man and up to what point. I'm glad you didn't boast about you guys didn't get all this and 
that, but I finished the whole game. Ha ha. Yep, you respect others. Also, I think emulating is nice to be able to play old games back in their glory. Glitches and all. So thank you for everyone for reaching out to us, and a big thanks to Raytheon Hudson. And back to you, Francisco. RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 183 is the place to find timestamps for this episode, links to contact us, and links for voting on the movies you want us to review. But that's not the only place you can reach us. Paul, where else can people find the show and also yourself? Feel free to talk to us and share anything you like or find funny that is 15 years or older on our social media. We are Retro Rewind Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and join our Discord server by going to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Discord. Also, as I mentioned, we are on Twitch. You can watch and chat with us live as we record this podcast, play retro video games, or create pixel art by following us at Twitch.tv slash RetroRewindPod. Though we are actually specifically on Mixer right now. We're doing a little test seeing how the mixer waters are so you can also find our channel at mixer.com slash retro rewind pod uh but we usually are on twitch yes um but thank you paul so much for being awesome uh, not a xenomorph but an awesome crew member i'm so thankful that you're the exo co-host and my best friend and really appreciate getting to do this show with you oh thanks but i'm not done you can also go to our subreddit on Redditor, which is slash r slash retro rewind pod to nominate and vote on our upcoming movies. But if you want to find me, Paul J. Powers, you can go to pauljpowers.com. Hey, Francisco, speaking of Reddit, yeah. do we have some uh, Christmas specials coming up? We have the voting up for our November, our Wintermas movies, which are the movies we're going to cover in November and December. So far, we only have a few nominations. So that's there's, fine. But so, where do they go? They go to uh, com slash vote and click on the Wintermas uh, link. It's a big banner that you'll see. You click on that. It'll take you to the Reddit post where you can nominate movies and vote. Right now, at the top of the heap is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Is that the animated version or the movie? The animated version, from what yeah, I can tell you. Is that the 3D animated movie that just came out or the 2D animated special? <sighs> Let me look, Paul. This would be the oh. 1966 animated special okay thank you so much francisco i get to i really appreciate you and get to enjoy doing this with you as well oh that's a i thank you for saying that uh, and i'm also grateful to our guests for taking time to discuss alien with us mike please tell us how we can find you online and is there anything you'd like to promote uh yes if you want to get a hold of me you can find me at bandersnee on twitter if you want to know how to spell that, uh, just get a dictionary. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Relong versomitude. But what I'd really like to share with your listeners is the Geek at Arms podcast. Woot woot. I am one of three co-hosts on the show where we talk about the intersection of Christian faith and geek culture. And sometimes that's movies like the Retro Rewind podcast does. We actually have quite a lot of overlap with you guys. Yeah, you guys and, have covered like Blade Runner, right? And uh, Willow, I think. Haven't you guys covered those as well? We've covered Blade Runner, Willow, uh, Close Encounters of the Third oh, Kind. Oh, that's right, yes. 
and I feel like there's something else. And I, and one of the things, you know, since since we're here, I I love listening to your show just because oh, our reviews you. wind up being so so different. Yes, and yeah. it gets such different perspectives of the films than than we have on our show. So even though there, it looks like there's a lot of overlap. There's also a lot of difference in the overlap. And so mm-hmm. you know, I've I've been fans of your show ever since the Adventures of Link. So you know, ah, yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, we cover sometimes uh, older. We're coming up with some newer films in our animated film club series, but nice. we also cover uh, video games, table gaming, role playing games, and historical swordsmanship. All manner of uh, we we kind of run the gamut of geek culture. Yeah. yeah. I've I've been I've been a fan of your guys' show for I, I don't remember what the first episode was, but I and I don't even know how I happened upon your guys. I think I found you on Twitter and then from there I started listening. But I, I really appreciated how like you guys are in I think you and uh James, the the one of the other hosts, are really into what's I can't remember the name. It's the sword reenactment stuff, S P E C A. Uh the SCA. Okay, yes. And I, I find that type of stuff fascinating that you guys are so knowledgeable about all this stuff that I, I didn't realize was a thing. And yeah, I love hearing what you guys have to say about the movies you covered. I You guys covered Lady Hawk not too long ago. And Whoa. it was cool hearing about a movie that we hope to cover someday, but we don't know when we will. But just getting to relive it through what you guys uh, were talking about was really nice. So yeah, we enjoy it. And you know, we like your show so you know it's great to get the it's great to get us together exactly yes and oh i should mention uh brian ray has also been on the show he is on our cowboy bebop episode back in anime so if you're curious uh if we've ever had anyone else from geek at arms because i'm sure you're thinking that right now you're like hmm francisco this mike guy is pretty awesome i wonder if there are any other awesome geek at arms podcast people that you've had on the show well now you know now so you know. so check them out me and brian and james uh you can head over to geekatarms.com. you can find us on twitter at arms geek and on facebook at geek at arms awesome yeah thank you again so much for being on the show mike it's so awesome having you here hey it was great being here i really appreciate you guys uh having me on the show this, this has been a lot of fun awesome it's been a lot of fun for me i don't know about paul he looks like he's like eh Whatever. No, was, yeah, definitely. Why you got to say that? <laughs> wow. Because you're holding up a sign that says, can we just toss this mic guy out the airlock? Yeah. No, what's up with that no, sorry. That's the wrong side. We flip it over. Oh, it says, let's oh. get on with it. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> you and your Monty Python stuff. Yes. And what's that is, total tangent, that that comes up to mind regularly now for me. I'm like, I don't want to be thinking that quote. Get on with it. Ah. So again, thank you so much, Mike, for being a part of the show. But that's not all. Mostly, I appreciate you. Yes, you listen right this very instant, whether this is your first time listening to the show or you're a part of the Rewinder community. Thanks for spending time with us. And we really pray that you are more joyful now than when you first hit play. I have been and continue to be Francisco Ruiz. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at FXRUIZX, and you can hire me to do pixel art illustrations for you via Fiverr at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Fiverr. Finally, we are proud to be part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. You can catch us at CGC or our website, but like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, our next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Ha <laughs>
Bogus. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega. And return to base. Water my eye! Bring this guy some Pepto-Bismol! <laughs> oh, gosh. Check, Check please. please.